Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We're in downtown Philadelphia. The Army-Navy game is tomorrow, and all of the festivities now starting to build. Perloff, you can feel mm -hmm. the excitement here as we're in the convention center, and it is our pleasure to be joined by, of course, Dallas Cowboys legend Jason Witten, who is here on behalf of USAA. You got to do a really cool thing this morning where you gave away a car to a veteran who really needed it. We're going to talk all about that in just a moment. But we were just talking off air. That game last night, how do you, how do you describe what Baker Mayfield did last night, Jason? It's pretty remarkable. I mean, when you look at, you know, he, he never really practiced with the team, got in Tuesday, you know, have a walkthrough on Wednesday and then get thrown out there. By the way, Sean McVay's offense is pretty complicated. The plays are long. I played a year for John Gruden. That's who Sean McVay learned from. And so, you know, it's, it's a long list. Just calling the play in the huddle is difficult. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those where, hey, look, it is what it is. I'm going to go out there. I think he's a pretty resilient kid. You know, he's a walk-on and then he transferred. All those things that have happened in his career – and it looks like he just played loose. I mean, he's headbutting guys on the side. He's been having a lot of fun. He's jumping in his offensive lineman's laps. He may not even know their names. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he threw the ball as well as I, as a fan I, I've ever seen him throw it. So kudos to him. You, you like to see it happen when guys face a little bit of adversity in their career and then they respond the right way. It's hard to do what he did. So uh, big time congratulations to, to Baker. Now you say they're long plays. Are, is there typically common language you play for a lot of different coaches probably is there enough in common for whatever he was doing with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland for example and Sean McVay that he figured it out or did the Rams change their playbook to suit him there had to be something going on here yeah I think there was a carryover from Stefanski and Bill Callahan who was the offensive line coach mm. with the running game and the protections and and now with Sean McVay they kind of it's a similar system but with that, there's still all these nuances that happen, right? One word's different, or that route means this in this system. It's a different route. And so just to call the plays and be in command like that, um, you know, I don't think Sean McVay, you know, dumbed it down by any means. I mean, he, he's just – his offense is so prolific in how it works. And so for Baker to jump in there – but besides that, like to get on the same page with the receivers of like how are you running that route, when are you going to be there, the timing, the anticipation – uh, that throw to win the game on the go ball, that catch, like he put it exactly where it had to be. And so um, it's just remarkable. As a fan, you just, that's a hard position to play and to play with that type of results, unbelievable. Jason Witten is our guest here on behalf of USAA. Um, all right, we've gone two minutes without asking about the Cowboys. I think there's an <laughs> alarm that's going to go off somewhere. We're going to get taken off the set. Now, Cowboys obviously having a fantastic year, even with Dak's injury, injuries to the offensive line earlier in the season. Now they've put it together, but we've seen the Cowboys put together good regular seasons. Does anything about this team feel a little different to you? Like maybe they'd be more of a threat in the playoffs? I think so. I mean, the, the biggest thing I would say is I don't see any weaknesses in the Cowboys. There's always times for every team if, okay, if we have to play that team and they, they can run the football or, mm. you know, that quarterback, he's so dangerous. And I don't, think as you look at it from the Cowboys they, they can stop the run they're, they're leading the league in, in uh, pass defense um, Dak seems confident Zeke's getting healthy CD Lamb's turning into a number one receiver Michael Parsons I mean you can't stop this guy I mean I wish he came eight years earlier you know <laughs> that would have been nice um, so I, I just don't think that there's any weaknesses certainly Philly's the top of the league uh, in their in their division when you get to the playoffs everybody's going to be pretty good so I think for them it's just block out all that noise, play your best football when it's needed, and 
I think they, they set up really nice down the stretch. Now, I got to give Maggie credit. Week one, they lose 19-3 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tyron Smith gets hurt, Dak gets hurt. I'm like, it's over, over for Dallas. Maggie's like, I don't know. You know, I think they can, they can replace offensive linemen. Cooper Rush can do some things. And she put a bet on them to make the playoffs then when they were at the very bottom. Honestly, I, I thought, wish I'd made the Super Bowl bet. Yeah. That would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was crazy. Jason, did you have any hope at that point? Because it got a little low really early in the season. It did, you know, and they didn't look like they were playing very well. And then you got to go into your backup quarterback. But in, and really, as a fan, I'm probably even internally, they're saying, like, hey, if we can just go 500 on these games while he's out, whatever that is, five games or six games. But I think that's where the season kind of evolved for them as the supporting cast stepped up. They were able to win games mm. without Dak, their franchise quarterback. Now he comes back, gets healthy, confident. Um, you look back early in the season, it seems like two years ago, we're talking about week two in early September, but yeah. winning those games early puts them in a position to have a nice chance here going down the stretch, regardless of whether they win the division or not. But the confidence in the level in which they're playing, you know, people say it, it's a cliche, but play your best football at the right time, right? And uh, that's Bill Belichick 101, and it seems like Dallas is doing that. Well, everyone's got that Christmas Eve, Dallas philly that's going to be a heck of a game mm. jason witten is our guest are you surprised that even internally with the cowboys and jerry jones like they're making such a big deal about obj they're kind of walking it back now but jason was almost like well god you know we're interested and they're interested it was like it, everyone's making such a big deal about him coming when the dallas cowboys offense is great <laughs> they, they don't seem like they need a lot of extra help yeah you know i thought it found it kind of odd and almost enjoyed it a little bit but this open recruitment yeah. in, the, in the middle of the season on Twitter, going to games. Like, I, I'd never seen that before, <laughs> you know? So I was like, this is kind of interesting. And the players seemed okay with it, and, and uh, even the guys that play his positions. But I think they're at a luxury here where it's kind of icing on the cake is that CeeDee Lamb's kind of proven to be a number one. Michael Gallup's getting healthy. I, I mentioned Zeke and Pollard. Um, obviously, when Odell's healthy, I mean, he's a game changer, right? And so... You look at adding him to the mix as you go into the playoff run, it's, you know, he has that ability to kind of go score at any point in time he gets the ball. And great catch radius. So makes sense, but I think they're also at a position where their hand's not forced, is which you want to be in as a, as a team and certainly as a management standpoint. So I'm actually anxious to see how, how it plays out for Odell. You know what I found really funny? Uh, my Eagles, I'm calling it my Eagles, only because I'm in Philadelphia. <laughs> Normally I don't do that. Yeah, sure. Smart. <laughs> there was a report that they would also look at Odell Beckham Jr. It feels like a bit of a an arms race there, but to me, both teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the last thing they need is another offensive weapon. How do you view the Philadelphia Eagles as, I think the expectation now is to a team that can come out of the NFC. Do you agree? I do agree. Yeah. You know, I think there was a period there when they were having a lot of success. They're 7-0, and 8-0, and there was still in the back of people's mind of, well, can Jalen Hurts really do it, right? Right. Start, start talking about the great players at that position, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, in, in the NFC, can, can he beat those guys? Can he go head-to-head -head with them? And as it evolved now, I mean, if he's not the leading candidate in the clubhouse for, for MVP, I don't know who is. And so playing very efficient, he's, he seems comfortable playing there. And so I think the Eagles, um, you know, they deserve all the recognition they're getting with their record. It's complimentary. They can run the football. Jalen's extending plays. And one thing I think is rare about him is anytime you play that way, it's a little bit like Brett Favre, right? There's a lot of great plays that come outside the pocket, but unfortunately there's a handful there. You're like, oh, I'd like to have that one back. And it doesn't seem like those negative plays are coming up for Jalen. Yeah. So um, 
seems comfortable with the coaching staff when there's players around him and supporting cast. They're a really good team. And I know from experience, it's hard to beat the Eagles in Philly come January. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're asking if it's hard for you to walk down the street in Philly, but it looks like everybody's behaving themselves. And Perloff, how dare you ask Jason Witten to give an Eagles breakdown no, he's as a, a he's former a, Cowboy? No, no, no. no. But he's a professional, <laughs> unlike <know>. us. <laughs> uh, Maggie's a Bills fan, by the way. So don't even ask her to be professional when it comes to that. No, team. I'm scarred too much. Uh, Jason, got a question for you about tight ends. Are you surprised that Gronkowski has not come back? I think everyone mm. believed that, oh, it's just a matter of time and you know what, here we are in mid-December and no Gronk. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. And the biggest reason why I say that is just I thought he was still playing really, really good football, you know, and I think the Tom Brady thing makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, one of the things I think Gronk has earned is do it on his own time, right? And he he's not afraid to say that. And so I think when you come back and you exhaust yourself like he has and you've been to the mountaintop, you know, maybe he is at a point where I've had enough of that. But I, I just thought... When you retire and come back, I've done it. It's hard to do and play at a high level. I thought Rob's ability to play for two years at an extremely high level. And it's not just, oh, he's familiar with the quarterback. It's really hard to play the tight end position that way. And I thought he was still playing really well. So you mentioned it was hard to come back after you took your break, went to broadcasting, because I think we're all eyes on Brady. We know he's got the big broadcasting contract out there. So it's sitting there for him. But could he maybe go to broadcasting and then come back? I mean, you did it. How hard was it? Well, it, it is. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Tom Brady. But he's also 45 years old. So, I, you know, I don't think I think he's just going to continue to play. You know, he seems like he's having a lot of fun, still playing at a high level. And this is a new challenge for him. This looks fun to you? Well, <laughs> he's like about to break every tablet yeah, on the yeah. side. Well, I think it's a new challenge for him, though. Yeah. I, I think it's um, he's trying to do it a different way than he's had to do it a lot of times in, in the past. And his defense was playing really well. And so um, I just think more than anything else, Tom loves football. He loves the X's and O's. He loves the, the camaraderie, uh, the relationship with his teammates. And so I don't see a guy that's ready to hang it up anytime soon. Yeah. We're talking venture to a guest about where yeah. he's going to play next year? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. We're talking to former Dallas Cowboy Jason Witten. Now your former coach, Jason Garrett, was in the news today as a candidate for Stanford. Now – if he called you and said, what do you think I should do, stay in TV or be a college coach, what would you advise? And I have a follow-up to that answer, whatever you say. Well, I would say this. Um, knowing Coach Garrett, like, he's a football guy. Yeah. You know, and so broadcasting is a lot of fun. I'm, he's doing a great job at it, and, and it's uh, had some friends do it. I've even done it myself there for that one year. But um, he's really good at it, you know, and so I think that's a natural fit. But he, he's – He's football. I mean, he's a coach. That's what I know him as. I know he's extremely passionate at it. He's good at it. Um, you know, like any guy, anybody in that profession, doesn't doesn't always end the way you want it to. You know, it's you either get fired or you're fixing to be fired, you know, in that league. But I think Stanford, when I heard that, it makes a lot of sense, right? I think he would be a good fit there if it worked out. Well, I think he's going to stay on TV. Now, my next question is, what is your coaching future? I know there's been a lot of talk that, you know, you're coaching now, I believe, in high school. Yeah. And, uh, is, there, is that something that you hope to build on? I do. You know, I, um, one of the reasons I went to play for the Raiders was kind of peek, peek behind the curtain. John Gruden was a guy that I felt like was a great offensive mind that I wanted to learn from. And just with where my family was, you know, my kids were going to get into playing. They're going into high school. and just kind of want to take a breath and coach them. And uh, it's been very rewarding uh, for me. It's, you know, the business of pro football sometimes can force you to be a little bit jaded. And, um, Coaching these kids, having an impact in their life is 
reminded me of what the game that I fell in love with. And so, but sure, certainly I, I think that we all have admirations for, for going to the next level and the chess match of, of coaching and being a part of helping a player at that level have an advantage in a game. Well, I mean, well, now we've seen Jess Saturday go straight from yeah, the booth. Yeah. Did that give like someone like you hope? Like, yeah. hey, you had this incredible, distinguished career. Yeah, not. I don't know if it's the same road kind of that Jeff took. I <laughs> yeah. think that's pretty rare. We're not going to see that very often. But I do think from the healthy way of doing that, of going to be an assistant coach for somebody and working your way up that way is um, something that interests me down the road. But I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. So tight end coaches, we got Dan Campbell, of course. I don't yeah. know if you're going to bite kneecaps. Yeah, <laughs> Ditka. But there aren't a lot of tight end coaches. Am I, am I missing a few? Ken Wisenhunt was the only one that I would. Uh, oh, okay. Ken Wisenhunt. Was yeah. he a good player? I don't remember. He Are played. You? I think he played nine, yeah. ten years. Yeah, he okay. had a good career. So. Yeah, but it's not a position that normally transitions into coach like backup quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> It's for always sure. backup quarterback. But I think, no, I think you'd be great. I mean, a tight end must know a lot of aspects of well, the Well, I think you're you're kind of in both, right? you got to know the passing game. Yeah. And, and But you also are kind of in the weeds with the running game and what that looks like. So, um, you know, I always pull for those guys. Dan was a teammate of mine. And, um, you know, he's he's a walking soundbite in a <laughs> yeah. different way. He's great. But, um, you know, we'll see where it takes us. Jason Witten is here on behalf of USAA. Uh, describe a little of what this must have been like, or what this was like, excuse me, for you this morning, where you have a retired Navy veteran who served eight years, received a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star with Valor. You got to gift him a car. Yeah, it was pretty neat. You know, it's great for me to be able to partner with USAA on that. But, you know, what better way of doing that to kick off this weekend, this game, than to honor these veterans, right, and, and to uh, kind of – custom make this vehicle to fit their needs their family's needs and see the smile on their face i just kind of got chill bump about it of what that meant seeing those guys you know a purple heart and uh get this vehicle um kind of a life-changing experience for them and so i was glad to be able to play a small part in it that's so cool and yeah. everyone really you can feel the excitement around here it is building uh jason can't tell you how much we appreciate this super fun and good luck with coaching the high school team and wherever it takes you after that all right thanks guys thanks yeah. for having me on thank appreciate you jason. that all right jason witten dallas yeah. i'll probably have Cowboys to legend. i'll probably have to squirm around philadelphia he needs some protection <laughs> yeah it's, i mean you're gonna be the one provided his playing sure. days and <laughs> i don't know hopefully people won't hang. recognize him and you'll be okay <laughs> or just mention my name jason you'll be all right yeah sure uh it is maggie and Perloff. We're here in downtown Philadelphia at the convention center uh, previewing Army Navy. Okay, coming up next, so much to get into, Perloff, with our next guest, one of your absolute faves. Let's go. Hall of Fame safety, Brian Dawkins, is going to join us right here on the set.